Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community, covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Press This WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As a reminder, you can subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, or download the latest episodes at webmasterradio.fm. In this episode, we're going to be talking about conversions, and particularly the biggest Thing content marketers forget about with conversion optimization and joining us in that discussion I'd like welcome to the show mr. Brian Massey Brian welcome to the show thank you for having me it's a pleasure to be here now Brian you have a bit of a personality you're known as the conversion scientist did I get that right you got that right Awesome. I know that one of your trademark looks on stage is your lab coat, so you'll have to adjust for the podcast format. Do you have like a nerdy voice you could use today for us? No, I'm wearing the lab coat. It, it was working. It's in, it's engaged. Okay, everybody. All right, all right. He's got the lab coat on, so you can kind of imagine there. <laughs> um, but uh, really excited today. Brian's going to share some of his advice on how you can turn a content page, like an article or blog post, into a page that actually converts visitors into revenue, which I think is you know, an interesting thing. Uh, discussion, an interesting topic. I know a lot of uh, podcasts, I'm sure everyone listening, have digested about a million CRO tips. So I thought this was kind of an interesting way to approach this. And, uh, you know, I'm really excited to have uh, Brian's kind of insights here. Um, So Brian, to kick us off, though, I'm just kind of curious, what is your WordPress origin story? What was the first time you used WordPress? My f- my WordPress origin story. So, boy, WordPress and I go back a long way. I mean, if you're going to experiment, then you need tools that you can experiment with. If you've got an idea, if you've got a, an idea for a landing page or a way of positioning an offer or something like that, you need something that you can go off and, and throw a page up on and uh, not throw up on a page, although some of my pages would would garner someone to throw up. But you need a tool where you can throw up a page, a microsite, and give this thing a try. And WordPress has always been my go-to site. 
um boy but i can't uh, you know i can't tell you going back what what my first wordpress site was though for that matter i just i've used it in so many situations and we're, so, we we build on it we, we, we use it here conversion sciences it's our our blog and corporate uh, website so you're you're so battle-hardened it's just part of the fog of the past your your first wordpress experience yeah, it's like asking me what was the what was the first time you used that hammer in your tool belt? I don't know, but it's always there for me. All right, well, uh, good to hear. And uh, obviously, we're going to kind of dive into the CRO side of things. And again, kind of a an area I don't think a lot of people have thought about. You know, a lot of people listening to the show are running freelance or agency businesses, helping with WordPress development or internally, perhaps. And I think a lot of us kind of overlook these opportunities to turn these experiences into revenue generators for the brands we serve. And so I think it's going to be really insightful for people, uh, at least particularly me, who haven't actually spent a lot of time on this particular topic um, to get some insights that we can apply back in the sites that we manage. So um, a blog post or an article is a common landing page for a brand. When I go into Google Analytics and look at my top landing pages, you know, if I look at the collection of them, it's almost always my content that kind of is at the top of the list. What caused us to get to this point? Like how did all of a sudden our blog posts and articles become the entry point of our website? Well, as always, Google deigned it to be so. Um, we can go out and we can buy ads and we think that if we're paying for those clicks, we, uh, we need to stand up a special landing page because those are expensive clicks. We, we know we're paying 25 cents or 50 cents or a buck 25 or if you're in a competitive industry $50 for that click um, Google has made it such that gaming the search engines with content for that sweet sweet organic traffic uh, is now hard to do and so for you to get Google's attention you have to have awesome content there is probably no better vehicle for uh, awesome content than a blog you can come out regularly with things and point back and forth and do all of the things that content marketers are good at. But everybody's like, oh, this is free traffic. So they're like, as long as we're getting the traffic, maybe some of those will turn into customers. Well, it's not free. And anybody who does content knows they're working their butts off. You're paying copywriters. You're paying people to do graphics. You're paying people to do images. You're, you're paying people to do infographics. Uh, video, audio, like we're doing here, this stuff is expensive. And so we should treat it as such. Instead of just bringing, letting the traffic flow to these landing pages, which are now these articles, which will rank as high or higher than our home pages and our interior pages or our corporate pages, uh, it's time for us to say, we aren't going to let this organic traffic just fitter away. We're going to get them either on one of our lists or we're going to get them to uh, take that demo or we're going to send them over to the e-commerce site and let them start shopping. Um, and when we take that approach, we realize this is a landing page for expensive traffic. Our, um, our impressions of how we lay out our blog pages is going to change. So in short, it's almost like, you know, Google of course is ranking your pages uh, more so say than your homepage for especially long tail search terms, right? You can't address every search term on your homepage. But generally, it sounded like you were saying that because you can create more compelling content and say something like an article, deeper, more researched, more informative, that that's going to have an advantage over your homepage and thus result in 
more of your content essentially outranking your homepage and creating this kind of second homepage effect where basically every other page than your homepage is the one that gets all the organic traffic. Yeah. And I think for most people who rely on inbound traffic, organic inbound traffic, that's the case. I mean, you said it's the case in your case. It's certainly the case in, in our situation. If I want to beat someone on a keyword, I don't add that keyword to my homepage and hope my homepage will rank for that because you'll end up stuffing all the keywords into the homepage and it'll rank for nothing. No, you go out, you write a very detailed article on that, the, the topic around that keyword and you nail it. You answer every question. It's 2,500 words and you put that on your website. Uh, you can put that on as a blog or as a, as a page. That page is going to beat your competitors. You're going to start outranking them and getting more of that sweet traffic to that page. But what do you expect people to do when they come to that page? You want them to click on your main navigation? You want them to read and share on social media? No, you want them to sign up on your email list or you want them to go to your e-commerce site and start shopping or go to a landing page and sign up for your site as a service business. You don't want them just to read. You want them to interact. So what do you think, like you talked earlier about like one of the mistakes content teams make is thinking of SEO traffic as free. Um, I always say that if your idea is to start a blog, your idea is to have an infinite amount of work and also expense. Um, but just I'm curious, like what is like the high level thing you think content teams, uh, high level mistake you think content teams make relative to their strategy? Yeah. Well, when I'm building a landing page, let's take it out of SEO for a second. Let's say I've got this really expensive ad traffic coming and I'm building a landing page. Now, a landing page is a very specific animal and it only has two jobs. The first job of the landing page is to keep the promise that was made in that ad. Now, on a content landing page, it automatically keeps that promise because the promise almost always is the content. You're in social media, in emails, even in ads, you're advertising that content. And that's usually the first thing that you see on, on a blog page. So check mark for blog pages, they meet the first requirement of keeping the promise. But the second job of the landing page is to bring the visitor to choice. Get them to make a choice, yes or no. This is where landing pages excel because they almost always have a form that's specific to the offer and they have few distractions, few opportunities for people to abandon the page. Oftentimes good landing pages won't even have any sort of main navigation that you'd find on a corporate website. Blog pages though, they're like, oh, sign up for our newsletter so you can get some newsletters in your email. And oh, we have all these other places you can go. Um, if we focus on the kind of traffic that a topic is bringing, we can really come up with specific offers that make that page effective. So instead of a generic um, sign up for the blog, which some people will do, but they generally have very low conversion rates. How about we come up with a lead magnet, some sort of content rel relevant, similar to the content that's on that blog post and ask someone to download that in exchange for their contact information. Number one, we're getting people who are more qualified because they're getting more and more information on this topic. And number two, um, they're not reading it thinking how wonderful it was and, and not actually starting a conversation with us. 
So it sounds like from the high level, again, thinking about it from the content perspective and those designing these article and blog pages as well, it's really kind of that missing element in a lot of these situations is this notion of driving the visitor to choice, right? And ask them to do something, please. (laughs) Right. It's funny. People won't take action unless you ask them to. Um, But it sounds like for you anyways, that's kind of this key missing component. So of course the devil's in the details and I got to ask you how brands are attacking this problem and doing it successfully. But what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. You are now tuned in to the world's largest online radio podcast network for internet marketers looking to dominate the B2B marketplace. WebmasterRadio.fm WebmasterRadio.fm is home to some of the most respected authorities in all aspects of internet marketing, from SEO to affiliate marketing to social media, e-commerce, mobile marketing, and so much more. Our hosts travel to all stretches of the world and speak to the impact players that are affecting our industry on air, on demand, and available on every mobile device that you can imagine. This is WebmasterRadio.fm. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Well, everyone, welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I'm interviewing the conversion scientist, Brian Massey, about uh, the biggest thing content marketers forget about with CRO. And right before the break, Brian, you were sharing how you felt like the missing ingredient from a lot of content and design teams on blogs was this notion of convincing or presenting to the visitor uh, choice, making them kind of make a choice in, in terms of saying yes or no, or obviously perhaps your products or your mailing list. But I'm just curious, like what are your favorite approaches or techniques for converting these visitors that are coming to the blog to learn a little bit, get some information? How do you get them to that next step and that final step to actually generate some revenue? Yeah. So we want the content to be front and center. That's the promise kept Uh, That's the reason people are coming. But there are so many opportunities to present calls to action uh, 
within and around the content. So there's so many that we kind of give them, uh, we have our own names for them. One of the first things that we usually recommend trying is the exit intent popover, what we call a jilted lover. It pops up whenever somebody is starting to leave your site. So they could come and spend 10 minutes reading your article and love you to death, and then they're gonna go off on, on their day. So why don't we catch them and offer them some relevant content uh, say that they can get more posts like this and see if they will subscribe um, or uh, even ask them a question about why they didn't um, sign up or take an action on the site. Uh, some other things we would consider is uh, an offer above the content. Uh, we call this a top hat and there you can offer again content, free books, pop over to our website to see the relevant products uh, uh, to our e-commerce website to see the relevant products and start shopping, all that can be done there. The most common is what we call a sidecar and it's in that right, I'm sorry, the, yeah, the right sidebar of, uh, of the site. There's a little bit of uh, blindness on that side because that's where we park a lot of our ads on, on public sites. There's also, I would recommend on every, every page that you have a dripping pan. The dripping pan is an offer, an ad at the bottom for this content or an opportunity to go and, and shop. Um, and it's at the bottom of the content. So somebody who's read the article all the way to the bottom is pretty engaged. You really wanna start a conversation with most of those people. So the dripping pan is a must and just put it, put it on, 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 your, on your template for all your blog posts. So it sounds like a lot of these techniques are essentially ad placements. You have the top hat, you have the exit intent. Uh, by the way, have you ever used Opt-in Monster for exit intent? Um, yes. Love that. Sayed Balki makes that. Uh, love that plugin as well. But it sounds like most of these ideas are kind of like ad placements. Do you see people using techniques within the content itself? It sounds like the drip pan maybe might, might encompass some of that, but like, when should I like think about that line between selling and educating? Yeah, so you see a lot of folks using um, related products, sticking a, a related um, content in the middle of the articles that they publish. Um, if you have a correlation between the number of pages somebody views and their likelihood to sign up or to buy from you, go for it. But we call this a coffee break, and it's where in the, the middle of your content you're offering um, a relevant uh, content piece or um, relevant products that they can go and start shopping for. Um, we think that you should use, for those that are reading, what we call clinks, their internal links. Um, uh, if you have a, um, uh, a sentence within the article that lends itself well to, oh, and we have this report, or oh, and we have this ebook, then place those links in the content. To an extent, you're starting to design the content in anticipation of these lead magnets or these shopping experiences that you're going to take people on. I thought blogging, uh, maybe I don't think this, is very common to think of blogging in this way, but like the purpose is education. So if I'm coming in and like being, you know, the hard salesperson and putting CTAs everywhere and embedding links, like how, how should people think about that balance? Well, uh, everyone says they hate pop-ups. Everyone does. They hate wheelie poppers, which is the pop-up if you've scrolled a certain period down the page. Um, everyone says that. These tools always, I haven't seen a situation yet where they, I've seen one situation where they won't improve your the size of your list or the number of people that are going and shopping at an e-commerce site. So you're going to have to embrace them. Now, there is a brand issue, uh, and you can overdo it. 
Um, but you're going to want to, you're, you're going to walk that line wrong. In other words, you're going to overcompensate and, and not put enough calls to action for people who really do want to continue a conversation with you. And you're just doing them wrong. People who are in the questions, researching for a problem and come to your blog post in that mode, they deserve a next step. And if you don't give it to them, then you're just, you're just being a bad brand. So the idea there is that by focusing too much on the education and not acknowledging kind of the commercial nature of whatever it is that backs this content up, that you might be providing answers or solutions in other ways that the content's not answering. And you think that people might, in the lens of trying to be super friendly to the visitors, cut back too much on their CTAs. Yes, I think we'll see that more often than not. The people are not um, offering enough opportunities for their visitors. And the, the, it's, this is all so trackable. So if you're putting up a wheelie popper or a jilted lover and no one is, no one's taking advantage of it, then take it off. Um, if you put up some things and you find the bounce rate um, on your, or the session time goes down on the, on that for that article, then, and that's the only thing you change, then you're like, okay, maybe we have too much here, but go look at a, a site like social media examiner and you know they invest heavily in content. They've got half a million people on their list. Uh, they use sidecars, they use offers in their navigation, they've got dripping pans, pop-ups, exit intent, it's all there. So they've tested their way to a pretty aggressive place and I suspect that you'll find that as you add more opportunities, your, um, your list is gonna grow faster and you're gonna wanna keep them. I think that's very good advice. It's interesting because, you know, I think a lot of people dislike ad units and, you know, people are using ad blockers and things like that. But I think the uncomfortable truth is that when you add more of those ad units, more of those calls to action, then the site that you're kind of optimizing for sees that benefit. Um, I did like the tip, though, to kind of measure, are people actually engaging with it? I'm guessing you maybe even also go far as to look at things like repeat visitors and so on and so forth to make sure you're not kind of, air quote, losing fans. Um, but you do have that that ability to measure what the impact of those, those elements are, and adding to them can add to your bottom line. Yeah. Well, and it's those things that pay for the content. And... Uh, we were getting more and more uh, accustomed to that because that's the way most of our apps are paid for by ads. Everyone hates a salesperson until payday, right, Brian? Amen. <laughs> um, so I'm kind of curious, and we want to kind of spend some time on this. So we may need to revisit this after our next break here in a bit. But when you A-B test pages um, that you expect to rank for SEO, uh, that can be tricky. And I can imagine in certain scenarios where if I'm trying to optimize conversions for my article or blog content, that I'm going to want to do A-B testing on, on these things so I can dial it in. Um, from the SEO perspective real quick, like, and, and we can kind of come back to, you know, the techniques around testing the articles themselves, but like how do people get around this concern that they're going to hose their SEO if they A-B test their articles? Like should be people A-B testing, like completely changing out the article or like what, what consideration should they have? Yeah. So you, with, with this kind of traffic, you want to test big things. Like you, you can't really go in and change a few subheads and really expect an effect that's going to, to show up in an A-B test. So you test big things like uh, should we, 
put an ad uh, in front, uh, on top of the headline? Uh, should there be an ad between the headline and the content? What happens when we insert a coffee break uh, part of the way down? Do people think the article's over and, and leave the site? Um, you want to test some of those big things. And, you, you know, a lot of this you can do without actually A-B testing, um, which topics are getting you the most leads. Um, through these these calls to action that you have. You may have, um, like we have one article that's just number one, um, everybody loves it, but it doesn't bring qualified traffic. So we don't waste our time with with calls to action on it. We're working on the other articles. And so you, you can adjust yourself, your, your, your strategy with just analytics and a little before and after it launched, didn't launch, we added this. I love that. So in other words, to kind of escape the need to A-B test, you can thematically look at how your content is performing and then kind of react to it from there. And that's interesting because content is fluid, right? It's never like A or B. There's always the next post. How do you recapture that magic? Um, very interesting way to think yeah. about that. I'm going to dig deeper into this, but everyone, everyone hang tight and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents the 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to www.iacaward.org. Deadline for entries is January 31st, 2019. All winners will have their entry highlighted on the Internet Advertising Competition website, as well as receive a handsome trophy to display or a personalized certificate of achievement. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry into the Web Marketing Association's 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Go to www.iacaward.org now. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. We can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. TopSEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let TopSEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I'm interviewing Brian Massey about conversion rate optimization for content marketing areas of your site. 
Um, Brian, right before the trick, you were talking about some techniques for testing your approaches to CRO on articles that didn't require A-B testing, things like looking um, at your analytics and understanding thematically what types of topics perform best in terms of generating sales or leads. Um, but I'm just curious, like, I, I love A-B testing. I love dialing in on the best approach. Um, what techniques do you recommend that people consider when they A-B test, say, CTAs on their articles? Yeah, so I would focus on the CTAs for A-B testing. And most of, if you're using uh, these pop-ups, most of the tools you have will actually allow you to A-B test. So we've worked with Opt Optin Monster, Optimonk. Um, mm -hmm. On our site, we use Unbounce and their pop-ups. And so, for instance, on the Exit Intent pop-up, uh, we have three different offers and we are, it manages, um, you know, so it makes sure that an even number of people see each of those and then we see which one of those converts best. We retire the, the, the one that's performing the least and we slide another, uh, another one in. And so we're offering everything from e-commerce checklist to a, a 21 copywriting hacks ebook and a um, five tips for great images on your, on your landing pages. Um, and we get to see which of those offers is working across the site on specific uh, topics. So whenever we have a, a blog post that has the, the word um, copy or writing in the title, we offer that, um, that copy hacks book and we can calculate what the conversion rate on that is and how well it's doing. And if those usually get very, very high results, uh, we get 2% to 5% conversion rates on those. Now, as opposed to a landing page designed for ads where we can get 40 or 50% conversion rates, that sounds disappointing, but this is traffic that is a little bit less qualified. So that 5% is, I think, a larger percentage of the people that are actually potentially clients. So when you're doing the A-B testing on the calls to action within, say, content areas of your site, and I know that you know, especially a lot of freelancers and agencies trying to keep costs low for clients, um, obviously use one kind of templated approach to those views. Are you going so far as to A-B testing or dialing in your CTAs on like a per article basis, a category basis, or do you typically go in and just do like the whole blog? Well, it depends on how much time you have. So if you're going to test for a long time and you're willing to, to try a couple of things on one article, then you might just test one article. But we find in general that the traffic isn't high enough and it's going to take too long to get any meaningful data. So as I said, we can target based on keyword. We can target these pop-ups to appear only on um, articles where the word search appears in the in the title or where the word copywriting or copy or writing appear in the title. And so we can target these relevant lead magnets. We have a search engine co cost of search marketing report that we target on pages that talk about search um, and test on those. So what we're doing is we're really testing across a larger number of articles. Uh, we get more traffic and so our A-B test gives us data more quickly. So it sounds like you are doing segmenting maybe by topic, but with the lens of, look, I've got to have enough visitors to make this a valid test. I can't necessarily just go pick one article and expect to have meaningful results if that article is not getting its own independent traffic. Yeah, yeah. If you're getting, you know, five um, uh, signups a month on an article, you're never going to get enough information to test whether uh, one one 
lead magnet or another is going to do a better job. So you need to aggregate those. And the tools are very pretty sophisticated in allowing you to do that. So kind of picking up on that then, let's say that you do have an article that's just like stellar at converting visitors. And I know advertorials are as old as the written word, I'm guessing. But um, are you a fan of repurposing these kind of high-performing articles to actually use as a landing page for ads? I mean, earlier you talked about because of the less qualified nature of the traffic of your blog that you should expect the conversion rates to be lower than say a well-crafted ad landing page. But like, are you just like grabbing those posts and using them as ad landing pages? No, uh, we really aren't. Now we've tried it a couple times. I think the, the, the rub is this um, for long form uh, copy on a landing page. So like an ad driven landing page or an email driven landing page, where we have a very specific offer bringing people to a page and your job is to entice them and um, obviously keep the promise and then get them to, to decide to take advantage of that offer. Uh, long form copy has to really be crafted in that situation. And so I think we find that when we take a good article and we add it to a landing page, the article isn't written to slowly guide you towards the funnel to manage specific objections and the other things that long form copy really needs to do on a landing page. So we haven't had particularly good luck with that. Well, that's uh, good to hear. I'm actually, I was actually quite curious about that myself. Well, Brian, this has been super informative. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure, glad to be here. Awesome, if you'd like to learn more about what Brian's up to, you can check it out at uh, uh, conversionsciences.com. Did I get that right, Brian? That's right. Awesome, and uh, I would like to thank everyone else for listening to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. As always, you can subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or download the latest episodes at webmasterradio.fm. Again, this is your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.